0: All right, well, let's go in the scriptures this morning to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, and so I feel inspired this morning to speak a word of wisdom, the wisdom that comes from God, amen, not from below, but um, Proverbs gives us great wisdom and instruction in life, and so... It's good to take heed to what, that which the scriptures tell us. Because in life we need wisdom, simple as that. We need wisdom and uh, how to make, uh, apply knowledge and make certain decisions and navigate ourselves. We need God's grace. And so we're going to consider God's word this morning. So in light of that, what's the most vital organ in your body? The heart. The heart. The heart is, God has made it in such a way that it is the most vital organ. Once the heart stops, we die, right? And so the heart is that which pumps blood and the life of all flesh is in the blood, as the scripture tells us. And so it's the heart that pumps and it's the heart that maintains our health by pumping that blood throughout our body, and so forth. But I'm not here for a science lesson this morning. I'm just kind of speaking in the general sense. But God has designed the body in such a way to protect the heart. He's given us a ribcage, right? And so, you know, when you look at the human body and the way God's uh, this, you know, just meticulously designed things, you can begin to see how that which is most vulnerable... Uh, to life is actually God has structured the rib cage in order to protect it and guard it because uh, it's obviously a sensitive and vulnerable organ and so I believe that there is a spiritual lesson that's associated with that and the Bible speaks about it in fact I believe, well it does did I say Proverbs chapter 4 did I give you the chapter chapter 4 and so The Bible speaks about guarding our hearts. It uses the word keep your heart, but it's in effect the word guard, as we'll see. But guarding our own hearts. Now, this is not in the physical sense, but rather spiritually speaking. The heart being the center of our being, the soul, who we are. Because this body is just a body, it's just a shell. But the heart of who we are is the soul. And so, then, and and uh, and as we'll see in our text, it's central to the issues of life. And so, it must be guarded, as we will see, in the same sense that our physical heart is guarded. The heart can also be compared to a garden. Um, and any garden, if anyone has a garden, will know that for a garden to be in a healthy state, it needs to be meticulously kept, doesn't it? I mean, it's good to go and look at someone's garden who has put in the effort and say how lovely that is, but there has been so much work that has gone into that to make it. Because if you know, if you have a garden, I, I've, I've uh, you know my in-laws being ethnics, they had a garden, and Barbara's dead all up until in his late 90s would have the garden, and his garden would look great if I had a garden and planted a few things because I want to have a few. I want you know. Some of the benefits of a garden, too. But then you soon realize that once you plant a few things, you've got to tend to that garden. You can't just plant it in the season, somehow it's all going to miraculously happen. It involves uh, us, you know, you've got to put down the fertiliser, put down some uh, stuff to keep the stales away from things getting in and entering. Sometimes there's netting involved to keep the birds out. I mean, whatever the case may be. And then you've got to get in there and pull the weeds out. Uh, So it's not just from what happens externally that can affect the garden. It's what happens internally as well that can spring up. And so all of these things have to be kept to have a, a healthy garden as such. And again, I think this is a reflective of the heart as we will see in the scriptures because we have to meticulously keep our heart as the Bible instructs us. And in the journey of life, in the experiences of life, we experience many things. Good and bad and some ugly. I mean... The sufferings of life, the experiences of life, are many and multiple. And we know what it is to, be, to experience happy times and sad times and sweet times and bitter times. These things are a part of life. And there are things that happen outside of us that affect us. There are things that happen inside of us that affect us. And the heart has to be kept. Because all of these things affect our heart, who we are. And so it's why the Bible has so much to say on it. Solomon, in our text, as we will see, is in the book of Proverbs, having written the majority of it, gives us some parental, I guess, parental instructions, but these are inspired by the Spirit of God for our instruction, for our admonition, to help us to understand, to navigate, life because the issues of the heart are central to the quality of life and our spiritual health this morning. And so over the next two weeks, I want to look with you at a couple of aspects that we look, we'll see in this portion of text. But one, as we see, as we'll read, keeping your heart with all diligence, which is uh, the title, keep your heart, and uh, secondly, ponder the path of your feet. Ponder the path of your feet. The words of wisdom in God's word that will help to navigate and direct us. And so let's allow the Spirit of God to speak to us this morning and the words of wisdom and the words of life to quicken our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Let's read in Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 20. The Bible says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left and remove your foot from evil. Let us pray. Father, this morning, God, we pray for the wisdom of God. Lord, that which we have heard, that has been spoken and read through your word, God, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation to understand, Lord, that which you are speaking to us, and Lord, and its practical application to the life that we live. God, we need your grace. We need your spirit. Lord, we need you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, here's Solomon, and he says in verse 20, my son... Give attention to my words. And that's really the, when you talk about father and son or father and children relationship, that's what it comes down to. My son. Give attention to my words. We make it, we make, we stress that. And so here's Solomon speaking these words, but we also see that this is in spite of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is making an emphasis and saying to us to take heed, pay attention to these words in verse 20, incline your ear uh, to my sayings, listen, tune in. How many times we talk and we try and instruct our children and uh, it goes vroom, vroom, in and out. And that's what we're like. we're like. We're all like that with God, aren't we, well, as his children. And so we need to pay attention. We need to take heed. We need to hear what the Spirit, have an ear to hear what the Spirit is wanting to speak to us. And he says in verse 21, Do not let them depart from your eyes. Do not let them depart from your eyes in terms of our focus and looking in life. And he says, keep them in the midst of your heart. These sayings, keep them in your heart. Now, again, this is is really significant. Keep them in your heart. Because again, we can dismiss these things. We can cast them aside. We can just neglect the, the words of wisdom that we find, especially here in the in this text and in the Bible. And yet, we can cast these things aside to our own detriment, and we will always bear the consequences. Because wisdom cries out in the streets, and uh, you have to have uh, turn aside and hear what the uh, wisdom is saying in order to reap the blessings and the benefits. And so verse 22 says, for, the, for they, these instructions, are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. You see, this is what we want this morning. We want life in abundance, as the scripture tells us, and we want spiritual health as we journey through our Christian lives. Because we are in a marathon. And there are things that happen in life. And so we want spiritual health because there's so many things that happen in life that we have to process and we need the wisdom of God to do so in order that we would have spiritual health and have spiritual vitality because we, these things, rather than uh, be processed properly, can affect and have a negative impact and influence in our lives and, and also we can become sick internally, so to speak. The heart is vulnerable. See, uh, they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. And so in verse 23, which is the main text or scripture that we want to consider, we find the words that in order to have life and health, this is the requirement. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. The reason for that, the Bible says, is because out out of our lives will flow the issues of life. There are a lot of things that happen outside of us. There's a lot of things that transpire within us. But at the end of the day, those things will ultimately manifest themselves and the issues of life over the longevity of life will, will come forth and manifest themselves in our hearts and in our lives. This is a profound truth. That's why we are told to pay attention. That's why we are told if we neglect these words, our spiritual health will suffer. If we do not keep our heart, then the issues that come forth from it will not be beneficial. The soul will not be healthy, but rather be in a sickly condition. And so what we see here is the Bible's telling us that we have a duty of care. We have a a great duty and care, and God has given us, now listen to this, God has given us a, a strict charge over our hearts. Now, I understand we need God and we'll get to that because we need God in this whole process. But I'm just now focusing on that emphasis that we see here that relates to human responsibility that we have, that we have a part to play and perform in this process. Keep your heart with all diligence. And so God has given us strict charge and responsibility in relation to these things. And we must care for it more than anything else in life. Because it's, you've got to tend to your own garden. I think it was in the Song of Solomon, it says something to the words of the effect, I didn't write it down, but it says something about the vineyard, but my own vineyard I have not kept. And if we fail to keep our vineyard, if we fail to and neglect ourselves to keep our own heart, then what can come in will ultimately find its root and manifest itself. Out of it spring the issues of life. That word in the Hebrew means to exit. What will exit from our lives? The the issues of a life. Those things that are in there will come out. And that really highlights doesn't it a biblical principle that we understand in the bible because what does the scripture say out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so you can't escape it the issues of life will spring forth and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth will speak we will give ourselves away eventually It'll, you can't, you know, it'll eventually come out because the issues of life are such that it will manifest itself. James, he speaks about the tongue, doesn't he? And he talks about that it's a little member, but it boasts great things. And being a little member as it, it is, but it, it is connected to the heart and it reveals much. It exposes much. And he gives a whole dissertation there in his epistle, which we're not going to obviously consider, but he does say this word, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Because it ought not to be the case. Because what is in our heart will ultimately spring out. The issues of life will come forth and they will manifest themselves by our speech and it will be given away eventually. That's what happens. We keep things in our heart sometimes and, and we try and con, you know, conceal and, and all the rest of it, but eventually our speech will give us away. So it will say something and, and say, oh, I didn't really mean that, but sometimes it's reflective of what's really going on in our heart. True? I know, we don't like to hear that, but we can all say amen. See, James is understanding this and he goes into greater detail, which we won't go here. But all the issues of life, we are told by the scripture to keep our hearts. That word keep in the Hebrew, it means to protect and to maintain. Again, that's a twofold aspect, isn't it? It's like I said earlier, when we talk about the heart, there's the external and there's the internal. And so it's a protection from with things from without, but it's also a maintenance from those things from within, because the heart can be infected by much, can't it? Not just the experiences of life externally, as much as it's one, one aspect, but also the, that which is springing up from our own lives, that which is in our own hearts. And so we're talking about the need to protect and to maintain, in, in this instance, to keep, to keep your heart. So let's think externally for a moment because life is such that there are things in life that penetrate our hearts, doesn't it? We have experiences things happen and they can. we feel those things. We feel the effect. We feel the emotion. We feel the pain and the suffering and these things can really have a huge impact and do have an impact on our lives. So we have to have the ability to process these things. Sometimes these things are unavoidable we're all human, we all know what it is to feel hurt, anger and things in life that come our way that penetrate deeply into the human spirit, deep into our hearts and so we must be mindful of these things otherwise there are, there are things that play out but the experiences of life penetrate that can cause hurt, pain, can cause offence and grief and this is the truth in the, that word heart in the hebrew here it means it refers to the feelings the will and the intellect and represents the center of anything so when we talk about the soul this morning and the spirit of man we're talking about the feelings we know what it is to feel we know what it is to uh, the will how how we act, so it's not just, it's one, how we feel and process that, it's how we act and the choices that we make, And, and third, it's the intellect, and so it's how we speak. And all of these things are associated with the heart, the soul, this morning, and so it's in that light that the heart requires maintenance, because there's things that can take root in our heart as the Bible teaches us. We've got to stop the weeds from growing in our hearts, the roots of bitterness, and uh, uh, that can defile many, the Bible says. Bitterness, resentment, hatred, anger, you name it, these things when they can lodge themselves in the hearts and then when they take root, they can really make a person spiritually unwell. Jeremiah talks about the human heart this morning And this is what the Bible tells us. And this is a hard reality for us to also have to deal with because we have to process these things. But also, let's be honest, the Bible takes a dim view of of the heart of men. In fact, Jeremiah says in, in 17 verse 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know, I know we all like to think better of ourselves than we ought to. Let's be honest. Have you ever thought? I've done it. I'm guilty of it. But have you ever sat there and you thought, well, you know, I've got—I really believe I've got the best intentions. I meant well. And we have a this innate ability, and we're all we have all got it—to justify ourselves, at least think that you know um, uh, we're on the good side. But Paul says, I don't even judge myself. And so, even though we may think that and maybe have that persuasion. And, and that, But we must be very sober in the way in which we understand this because we are prone to self-deception. We need God's grace. But the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's why it needs to be kept. Not just kept by us, but kept by the grace of God helping us to keep it. Amen? The Bible says in Proverbs 28, verse 26, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. We're told to keep our heart, but understand who we are and what we are made of and how the Bible views these things, so that we don't have a higher esteem of ourselves than we ought to. Didn't Jesus say these words? It's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but it's what comes out. That's what defiles a man. It's not whether you eat food with your unwashed hands. It's some external thing that makes you unclean. He says what makes you unclean is these things that are coming out of you. They are the things. And he says in Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, let me read it. So just, uh, um, again, just to hear the words of Christ. He says in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verse twenty. He says, this is Jesus speaking, he says, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of man proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. And none of us are exempt from this. The sinful nature is such. And so to keep our heart, to maintain our heart, to be free from these things, we need, as the scripture says, keep your heart with all diligence because out of it spring the issues of life. People say, oh, oh, you know, isn't it funny? They go, people go to court and they say, they get a character reference. It's not in his nature to do that. <laughs> He's a good person. Like seriously, you did it. It's you. I, I, I laugh when I hear that stuff. It's like, hello, that's you. You did it. Uh, but you see, maintaining the heart requires meticulous care and effort. And this is what the scriptures teaching us. Keep your heart with all diligence. Neglect it to your own peril then we'll have issues and attitudes of heart that will take root and the weeds will grow. And what can be produced in the heart is is, is ugly. Roots of bitterness can surface. Hate, strife, envy, jealousy, unforgiveness, resentment, pride. The heart's wicked. And yes, I thank God that God can take us and he takes us as he is and he begins to mould us and he begins this work of sanctification to change us, to transform us into the image of his son. So we are consistently being changed and we begin to bear the fruit of the spirit, not work, uh, live and after, uh, uh, practice the, the works and deeds of the flesh. And that's a process, but nevertheless it's a reality for the Christian this morning. And so, the issues of life will come forth, whether they are bitter or sweet. And the truth is, is that we can change in life for better or for worse. True? I mean, think about it. I mean, that's why, you know, we see children and we know that they're born with a Adamic nature, it's a sinful nature, but, you know, they're they're just innocent, beautiful, lovely babies. And children, yes, we see that they... Tendency for wrongdoing and all those things, and even as young adults, you know, life is as teenagers, life is just opening up, and it's all so wonderful. And there just seems to be an aspect of naivety and innocence of youth. But I tell you, I have a few experiences in life, and things change very quickly. And over the longevity of time and years, people experience things and heartache and all the rest of it. And these things can really make a person's heart sick. People get depressed. We've got an epidemic of mental health now in the generations that we're living in because people are growing up, the experiences of life, the internal, external, it's all happening. And the impact that it's having is devastating upon the human soul. They don't have got no idea of what we're reading in this but the Bible says that we're not ex- exempt from these things even as Christians Life can harden the heart life can break the spirit life can make the heart sick people can get bitter angry depressed and they're not the same person that they used to be This can happen and the issue is the heart. The heart has not been kept, especially when in relation to the Christian. This morning, it's been corrupted. The issues of life. Isn't it interesting how a person, can, an older person, gets the more cynical they can become. Cynicism is a real. It's in, actually, let me a define cynicism to, for you. It means to become jaded and scornful. And a sceptic. <laughs> you know, your heart is such now that it doesn't matter. Anyone that's happy and enjoying life, oh, you just wait. you know, Because you're all bent and twisted from life and you haven't processed the issues of life. And so such now, there's a, there's the, you, who you are, seeing, you see no, nothing good. You see nothing pure. You see nothing innocent. And so we become cynical. And yet that is a horrible place to be in. Yes, we, we need wisdom. Don't get me wrong. We get older, we get. so. with wisdom comes much sorrow. But don't get cynical. Don't, you know, believe and trust and continue to, 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 to give yourself rather than clam up, shut up, shop, and just, you know, it's me, myself, and I. It's not a very happy place to be. And so the heart is not kept. And so people hurt. People are angry and the issues of life are many and complex and sometimes it it gets that bad. You know what? Thank God we have Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because he is the one that heals the brokenhearted. He's the one that binds up our wounds. And so even when we've not kept and we've messed things up, which can happen often enough, but when we humble ourselves and we break before the Lord and in a time of crisis we cry out to God, God always meets with us and he can restore, he can heal and he can make whole and he gives us his spirit and all of a sudden, amen, he puts things back in order and he does that work in us and so he says, here, start afresh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. And we go, yes, Lord, okay. Am I making sense this morning? Okay. But uh, we need his love, his grace, his power. He's the one who delivers. But still the Bible tells us we must keep our heart with all diligence. That word diligence in the Hebrew, it means, again, to guard. It means to, to the man, the post, or the prison. It means to guard, to the office, the prison ward, to watch. Guard your heart with all diligence. Guard it as a, as 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 a guard protects and watches and defends uh, uh, with 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 in a, in a constant manner. On duty all the time. So too we're told to guard our hearts with all diligence, because the truth is, the issues of life will come out from it. So how can we maintain? And keep our hearts. Just a couple of things I want to share with you this morning. God spoke to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 4. And in verse 9, the Bible says these words. Only take heed to yourself. Take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself. That's the same word that we're seeing in the book of Proverbs, keep. It's the same Hebrew word. So the Bible's telling us something. Take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen. Notice that scripture talks about our eyes. Unless we forget the things our eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart. Ah, keep them. We're told to keep them in our heart. Here that we're warned lest they depart from our heart. What are we talking about here? We're talking about God's word. And it says, and teach them to your children and to your grandchildren. And so we, we're not only keeping ourselves, but we want to raise, when we, raise, we marry and we raise families, and we want to keep our family. We want to protect our family. We want to raise them up in, in the ways of God, in the truth of God. And so we teach them, and we do these things. We're taking heed. We're keeping our heart and seeking to keep the heart of our children and our family. Now, that's not an easy task, but that's what we're called to do. Again, guard, keep, protect, lest we forget, neglect, or depart from our heart. See so that's that's the sad thing, is when we do, this is where we, we will bear the consequences. Paul spoke to Timothy in first Timothy chapter four, verse sixteen. He was a young a young pastor, a young a young man, and his instructions to him as what we find in our text. He says, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. So the doctrine's important. God's word is important. But he says first, take heed to yourself and then to the doctrine because... Uh, unless you tend yourself unless you keep your own heart then how can you then begin to minister effectively in the word take heed to yourself and to the doctrine continue in them for in doing so in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you it's just you know the preacher preaches to himself many times you know that it's like, oh, he's, you know, he's preaching to us. He's preaching to us and he's preaching to himself. When, I, when a preacher studies and, and, re, uh, and prepares himself, he's preparing himself. Well, he should be at least anyway. Because that's how it works. We become the messaged as well. But pay attention to yourself. And this requires us to examine our hearts as we find ourselves in the scriptures. Examine yourself. Test yourself, the Bible says. By God's grace and through His Holy Spirit. You know, one of the lessons I've learned in life as a Christian is God can, and He does, cause the issues of our heart to come to the surface through trials and testings. The Lord tests the heart, He tests the heart so that he, we, not only He can see, but he, we can see what's in it. He allows for certain various trials in life for these reasons as well, so that the issues of our heart can come to the surface so that we can see these things. You know, the refining pot is for silver and the, and the furnace is for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. So he, again, you refine, the dross comes to the surface. The issues of our lives come out, the things that are not good that God wants to heal, that God wants to deliver us from to make us healthy spiritually. And whole, and I've, i I, I, we can't escape this reality. But get once these things come to this point, we can pull out the weeds. We can remove those things that are offensive to God and to ourselves and to others. And so, you know, one of the key things I think in life that we must all learn, as the Bible tells us, is to forgive forgive how often in life there's going to be things that happen and we're, we're told forgive and it's conditional forgive so that your heavenly father may forgive you because we have to uh, practice forgiveness because that's how you keep the heart you right? tell you maintain the heart because once things lodge themselves in there uh, 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 again it can get quite ugly unforgiveness is a prison Unforgiveness corrupts. doesn't touch the other person, it just touches us and it corrupts, makes us sick. And so when it comes to these issues that we're talking about that have to be dealt with many times and when the heart is not in a good place, you know, the Bible says it becomes the devil's playground. Listen to the book of Proverbs, chapter 25, verse 28. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. In other words, it's, you're vulnerable. The, you have no walls. There's nothing guarding. There's nothing protecting. There's nothing keeping you from the enemy ha- wreaking havoc in your heart and in your life. And so this is where God wants to build us up inwardly and wants to bring healing and wholeness so that we can keep our heart. We can guard. He wants to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem or the walls of our life and our character so that we can be strong, so that the enemy can't penetrate, so that the enemy can't get in. And so God teaches us to have rule over our own spirit. Otherwise, we remain a city, like a city that's broken down and without walls. And that's not what God wants us. That's not the state that we are to be in. So God needs to help us. How? Let's look. James 1, verse 21. James 1, verse 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, receive with meekness receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls you see this book is the book of life the words that i speak are spirit and life and when you read the bible and the word goes And God speaks, and his word is implanted. Whether it's been through the word preached like it is this morning, or whether it's where we're in the scriptures reading, God will take his word, and that word gets implanted. See, that's why you've got to have good soil, the good soil that takes, the seed gets and bears the fruit. Otherwise, we can fall by the wayside. It's got to be implanted. And in planting it, the Bible says, which is able to what? Save your souls. Now, we are saved. What the scripture is saying here, even though it's the same Greek word for salvation, it's saying that God is going to heal your soul. He's going to restore your soul by his word being implanted in your heart. And as those good seeds are planted uh, and, and to negate the flesh, and, and, the, and the Spirit begins, and the fruit of the Spirit begins to manifest, then we have a garden, amen, that is producing uh, good and wholesome, and the heart is made well. Now, what, what filthiness and what wickedness can manifest? Look at verse 24, Proverbs, in our text. It says in verse 23, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life, Verse 24, put away, put away from you a deceitful mouth. A deceitful mouth. Perverse lips. That word deceitful means devious, means to distort, crooked, to be crooked, to be false. Put away from you a deceitful mouth because when you, when you don't keep your heart and your heart is overcome by wickedness, then like I said to you before, it will manifest through your lips and then that from your lips will come forth deceit and, and, and distortions of, of truth and a crookedness in your heart that will manifest itself in your life because you're not keeping your heart. It says, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. You see, there's the issue of the eyes and the issue of our eyelids, and so again, it's looking, it's talking about that which lies ahead and that which is directly in front of us, so to speak. But we need the wisdom of God to deal with those things that are before us, those things that we are experiencing at a given point in life, that which we are seeing, that which is before us, and we are processing. And so, God is out to help us this morning and give us that which is required and that which is needed because we need the love of God to exit forth from our lives. The issues of life we want uh, to come forth is we want to be able to demonstrate God's love. We want to be able to demonstrate God's nature. We want to be able to uh, um, um, exercise His forgiveness and grace. and so we have these words we find here in in the bible that relate to our eyes you know that's why the scripture tells us even in hebrews keep your eyes look unto jesus because you know in life you can easily get distracted and you can be look you can look over there or you can focus over here or you can be drawn to and and totally consumed with this instance or that instance, and yet the Bible says, no, no, make sure that your focus is correct because you've got to set that in place because that's what's going to enable you to, to move in a particular direction. And so um, we, we find the scripture saying, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And so we constantly must look to him. Don't allow our eyes to wander, to look back. How many people look back at the events of the past? Things have happened. But we've got to come to the place where we begin to look forward too. And that's what the scripture exhorts us to do. And in the whole process of this, we are to keep our heart. So we need the wisdom of God this morning. One last scripture I just want to read. It says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verse 10. It says, When wisdom enters your heart... And knowledge is pleasant to your soul. Discretion will preserve you and understanding will keep you. There's that word, keep you again. Now this is important because we need wisdom. This is the whole point of the message this morning. We need wisdom. And the wisdom of God is telling us to keep our heart, to guard our heart. For out of it spring the issues of life. And so wisdom must enter our heart. And knowledge must be pleasant to the soul to know and uh, and it says uh, and to discretion will preserve you you know we need discretion this morning that word discretion means to plan to know what and how we need discretion because it's, and that so is associated with wisdom. And it's the application of knowledge. And so God, give us wisdom. Let wisdom enter our hearts because we need it to navigate. We need it to make the choices and take the steps that we need to take. Because discretion will preserve you. And understanding will keep you. There's that word, understanding. That word is to reason and and skillfulness. And the word keep is the same word in our text, keep your heart with all diligence. We need understanding because it's our stupidity often that gets us into trouble, our ignorance, our foolishness, all of these things. And so what we need is understanding, a correct understanding In order. And the Bible says that if we will allow God's wisdom to enter our heart, then we will have the necessary tools. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, what? Let him ask of God who gives freely. And so we constantly are confronted with issues of life and we don't know sometimes what we ought to do. So we come before God in prayer and we seek him and we say, Lord, I need your wisdom. I need your instruction. And God, give me discretion and give me an understanding. And these things enable us to practice wisdom and they keep your heart. They enable you to process the issues of life appropriately and properly. And we, need, we all need this this morning. And this is the challenge to us all. None of us are immune or invincible to these to these realities. And in light of that, we, we know that we need God. We need God's wisdom. And God helps us this morning. And God will, if we call upon him, as James says, he will give us the wisdom that we need for the hour. In order for us to walk worthy, to... Direct our steps to keep our heart because as we go forward, the issues of life will spring forth. And let it be sweet, oh Lord. Let it be, Lord, of you. Let it be Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. We just thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray the wisdom of God for this hour. I pray, Lord, that your spirit, God, would quicken us with life and life more abundant. And Lord God, I pray that that you would teach us and help us, Lord, to keep our heart with all diligence. Lord God, to guard in such a manner, Lord, that is uh, beneficial and would be helpful, Lord, and we need your spirit to help us in this process. And we know that you are deeply involved in this process, and you will give us, Lord, the grace and help that we are required. And Lord, I pray, let us be conformed into the image of your Son. And Lord, let the light of Christ so shine through us. Bless your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.